Once he signed his UFC contract in February of 2013, it did not take long for Conor McGregor to expand his fan base beyond the confines of the Octagon Loyal and reach the heights of mainstream stardom, becoming one of the biggest sports celebrities in the world, period. Despite his huge paydays, impressive highlight reel, multiple championship belts, and undeniable skill set, things haven't exactly been peaches and cream for Conor with the fan base. With his bold trash talk, millionaire strut, and lofty ambitions, he was just destined to rough some feathers. But his troubles go beyond the typical fickle nature of casual fandom and the once untouchable superstar has seen an increased amount of criticism among the fan base. So let's take a deeper look into why. Hey, what's up guys? Jason from MMA on Point here. These are 10 reasons why Conor McGregor is struggling with the MMA fan base. And just a quick disclaimer here, I'm not here to hate on anybody that does still like him. I'm not doubting that there are still reasons to enjoy watching Conor McGregor, especially from the viewpoint of watching him actually fight. But the truth is, he has lost a large portion of fans that he used to have. And we're just here to plainly, factually talk about those reasons. Number 10, he arguably blew a lot of his potential. Love him or hate him, calling Conor McGregor's run in mixed martial arts anything but wildly successful would simply just be a lie. With his victories over several all-time great fighters, and multiple championship belts, he's a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. And that's not even factoring in his popularity and box office successes. But much like BJ Penn, a strong case can be made for McGregor not hitting his ceiling in his prime years. While Penn notoriously struggled to find motivation for proper strength and conditioning for the majority of his career, Conor admitted to a lack of focus leading up to UFC 229, where he was seen drinking at the infamous Closed Doors pre-fight presser and attending a Drake concert the night before the fight. On top of that, his statements to Tony Robbins detailing his problems in preparation came as just no surprise. I know the errors. I know, like I said, the lapses in commitment that I've had in that belt. I know my mindset. There was a lot of external things. You could just tell something was going on. And while his legend has been built on big money and multi-divisional successes, it's possible to see those detriments to what we've seen from him since reaching those heights. Going between three different weight classes limited what he's been able to do in any particular one of them and leaving traces of unfinished business scattered between all three. And while prize fighters should naturally be after the biggest prizes they can get, sometimes a blind chasing that leaves a lot to be desired. And along the way, we still have real questions about his competitive mindset, his cardio and motivation. It might still be there, we just have to see. Number nine, distractions. The life of a fighter is a difficult one. So much sacrifice and an almost deranged level of single-mindedness is a seemingly unavoidable prerequisite. Typically, when we see a fighter venturing outside of combat, the questions about their level of dedication arises. We watch time and time again how a budding acting career, music, or becoming a business owner can become a huge distraction and lead to at least some level of decline. So along with his status as a pop culture icon came plenty of opportunities not afforded to most in the sport. Along with lucrative sponsorship deals with top brands like Burger King, Beats by Dre, and Monster Energy, also came the boxing crossover event with Floyd Mayweather Jr. It was around that time that he announced a clothing line. And with the time ticking away towards his return to MMA at UFC 229, McGregor launched his Proper 12 whiskey brand. With the prominent place his brand received in the promotion of the bout, including prime placement on the octagon floor, some speculated whether or not 
not, his return was solely to elevate his new brand. Dana White has repeatedly stated the financial success of Proper 12 and that it means McGregor doesn't need to fight anymore, with the reports stating that the company has earned anywhere between $200 million and a billion dollars. Jesus Christ, that's a wide gap. It's only logical to question his motivation, and when you compare that to his successes before, you could easily look at those distractions as a place of blame. Number 8. Denial About Losses When Conor found himself on the wrong side of the win column after his upset defeat against Nate Diaz at UFC 196, he was instantly praised for his very honest and humble assessments of his performance. In a complete 180 of the bravado present in the buildup, McGregor didn't hesitate to criticize what he did wrong while praising his opponent. He took shots well, and he played um, with his energy well, whereas I didn't. I will not shy away from it, and I will not make excuses for it. I will assess it and uh, come back. After his defeat to Mayweather, he again sang the praises of his opposition. But things definitely changed after his felt attempt at recapturing lightweight glory at UFC 229. While the infamous brawl overshadowed his absence from the post-fight press conference, in the months that followed, the humble, in-defeat version of The Notorious was nowhere to be found. In numerous social media posts, McGregor recounted the action from his perspective, and even the most saw his bitter rival dominate and demoralize him until the fight-ending chokehold, McGregor saw it very differently, denying Nurmagomedov credit for much of his work. The former champion even denied that he was dropped with a punch in the third. He got lucky with that overhand right, dropped me, well, didn't really drop me, I, I landed on the hand but I kept my vision, my vision was clear, yeah. backed away, jumped up, landed shots back and yeah. then we engaged in a fist fight and he tried to take, he, tried, he took me down again. And while the well-documented feud most likely fueled his poorly received summary of the fight, it was a far cry from what we had seen before. Number seven, stalling divisions. After snatching the belt at featherweight and lightweight in Cage Warriors, it only made sense that Connor would want to repeat that success on the big stage. And with that amount of money and fanfare whenever he fought, it made just as much sense for the UFC to allow him to attempt to earn the previously elusive champ champ moniker that other belt holders before him were completely denied. Yeah, he wasn't the first one to actually ask for that. BJ Penn was 155 pounds, and that was before we had lighter divisions, and he wanted to fight at heavyweight. He wanted to fight Randy Couture. <laughs> Even though the Notorious promised to return to 145 after capturing the crown at 155, he saw greener pastures elsewhere and left the division behind. Even with challengers such as Frankie Edgar and an improved Max Holloway waiting in the wings, an interim title was introduced out of necessity. But at least now the lightweight champion could focus on the threats of Habib Nurmagomedov, RDA, and Tony Ferguson. Well, not exactly. The crowded field of killers at 155 also needed an interim title belt to move along because he just wasn't there at all in 2017. Without losing his belt in the cage, his shadow loomed over both divisions while fans were forced to accept his absence and subsequent champions worked to establish their own legacies. Interestingly enough, rumors swirled ahead of his lightweight conquest that he would be rewarded with a chance to collect a third belt at welterweight. Wow. Well, we now know that if your name is not Amanda Nunes, it's highly unlikely both divisions will actually carry on as normal, but as the first, he was stripped of each title for NXT 
activity and basically gridlocking the divisions. Number six, he just doesn't fight enough. As McGregor made his rise through the ranks on his way to claiming gold, he was a mainstay in the cage. Aside from a year off to heal a torn ACL he suffered against Max Holloway, the notorious remained active. Competing twice in 2013 and 2014 and three times in 2015 and 2016, you just didn't go very long at all without seeing him do what we all knew him for. But after defeating Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205 to capture his second simultaneous world title, his presence in the cage became far more scarce. Taking time off from the anticipated matchups at both featherweight and lightweight to test himself in the boxing ring for a huge, huge payday against Floyd Mayweather, which wasn't unanimously loved, but was at least historic enough and bold enough to earn some leeway with fans. However, as fighters like Habib and Tony Ferguson, Holloway, Jose Aldo were left to carry on the divisions, time ticked away with no McGregor booking in sight. It would be almost a full two years since that historic win in MSG before he'd return to MMA at UFC 229. He'd have another long absence that would end over a year and a half later against Donald Cerrone at UFC 246, and this was supposed to mark the beginning of his self-proclaimed 2020 season as a return to frequent competition. And to be fair to him, COVID-19 definitely did disrupt that along with nearly everything else that happened on this entire planet. But even with this understandable reason for halting those plans, he still managed to call out half the roster with no action, including some truly truly bizarre ones. Speaking of, number five, not taking the best fights. When Dana White revealed that Conor McGregor reached out to him about a potential fight with the original Ultimate Fighter winner Diego Sanchez, almost everyone in earshot was left scratching their head in complete confusion. And while it was likely an attempt to reward the underappreciated legend with his biggest lump sum before retiring, it only served to highlight a salient problem with the Notorious that has persisted over the last several years. That is, not fighting the best. This wouldn't be much of a problem if in his next breath he wasn't also claiming GOAT status. And while it's hard to question his run leading up to Jose Aldo, his main event win over Dennis Seaver certainly seems out of place when compared to the names like Chad Mendes or Dustin Poirier. And after abandoning the featherweight crown with Frankie Edgar established as the clear number one contender, which left the match on the table, this would only continue at lightweight with Tony Ferguson left to lose his interim belt to a cable on the floor <laughs> instead of a unification bout with McGregor. And of course, the Donald Cerrone fight was met with side eyes as Cowboy was TKO'd in his two previous outings. And with so many callouts over the years of Ferguson, Gaethje, Holloway, tons of fighters after their biggest wins with no follow-through, it just increases the amount of criticism behind all this. And let's hope facing a greatly improved Poirier this Saturday will be the beginning of him steering that ship in the right direction. It's a fantastic matchup. Number four, a certain fan base. The key word in the phrase of cult of personality is definitely cult. <laughs> and that would be an accurate way to describe a vocal portion of Conor McGregor's most loyal supporters. While I know plenty of Conor fans who are watching this video that are totally chill and reasonable, some are just a bit more pushy about it. You. The mere mention of the Irishman or any of his prior opponents seems to automatically trigger a wide range of responses, either reliving his victories or downplaying the validity of his defeats. And true to the methods of their spiritual leader, McGregor stands have the habit of adopting his catchphrases and cocky demeanor to make their point. And to be fair, this isn't a totally new phenomenon brought on by Conor McGregor alone, but the volume of it is just extremely, extremely high. The irony is that fans we are talking about don't know how to spell his name correctly and in many ways just don't know his history that well. I'm sure a good portion of all sides of the fence have already invaded the comments section of this video. Speaking of which, anybody want to bet on how many times the question, who the fuck is that guy? 
the fuck is that? <sighs> yeah, it's pretty overused. Anyhow, number three effect on the sport. Conor McGregor's entrance on the scene almost instantly brought with it changes to the MMA landscape as a whole. Much like the surge in popularity that occurred due to Ronda Rousey, McGregor's name brought with it a plethora of new eyeballs to MMA and a new level of mainstream attention. Crazy enough, it also seems like he also brought all of Ireland with him as well. A large part of the company's $4.2 billion price tag can be credited to his featherweight title bouts in the first DS fight, but the downside of a charismatic and outspoken personality driving the culture is the temptation for other fighters and organizations as a whole to follow that recipe themselves. And uh, yeah, it's to sadly lesser degrees. While trash talkers like Chelsea and Michael Bisbing certainly used their brash personas to open more doors in their own way, McGregor's knack for getting under his opponent's skin seemed to suddenly become the new norm. Fighters across the board began laying on the insults thick in an effort to drum up interest and push for more opportunities. Additionally, McGregor's takeover at featherweight lead leading to an immediate title shot at lightweight, began the tradition of champions looking at other weight classes for the next challenger. I'm looking forward to one such of these bouts, but it seems like most of the time they just make a mess of their previous divisions while chasing after this new one. The reported $100 million payday meeting between him and Mayweather in the boxing ring sparked the never-ending callouts between boxers and MMA fighters that should have died somewhere between Art Jimerson and James Tony. Furthermore, the pursuit of the money fight has permeated almost every conversation and has been the catalyst for unwarranted title shots and novel BMF labels. Not saying all of this is bad, but with the good comes the bad. Number two, scummy shit. Mixed martial arts has unfortunately harbored a never-ending cast of characters with questionable morals and downright despicable behavior. And while placing Conor McGregor alongside such bottom feeders as Joe Sun and War Machine, which would be the definition of hyperbole, he certainly has written his own chapter in fighter misconduct, rumors of a mob-related bar fight, shoving referee Mark Goddard as an overzealous spectator, and repeatedly mocking other cultures certainly did him no favors in the eyes of many. But the infamous bus attack during UFC 223 fight week marked the turning point in fan sentiment against McGregor. Being responsible for multiple fight canceling injuries, so yeah, he was messing up other fighters' opportunities too and attracting negative headlines while his rival Habib Nurmagomedov was weighing in for a chance to capture the belt he was forced to vacate, McGregor was being arraigned in a Brooklyn courtroom. His misdeeds did not stop there. He was caught on camera smashing some guy's phone outside of a Miami hotel and the following month, the former champion punched an old man in a Dublin pub for insulting his proper to a whiskey. Shout out to you, old man, for barely even flinching with that punch. You're an absolute legend. But this seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back for many. And of course, if the other, more heinous allegations prove to be true, Jesus Christ, I hope we don't have to revisit this topic. Number one, oversaturation. Even with his aforementioned issues of misdeeds and poor conduct, the biggest thing here is fairly simple because it's the culmination of everything we've listed here. He's in the news all the time for good and bad reasons, and it's just too much without any action going towards the good things, it seems. Despite the absences, Conor McGregor never seemed to be truly gone. Think the constant news cycle that always found a way to incorporate the Irishman into the conversation. It's one thing to get consistently name-checked in otherwise unrelated interviews, random news articles, and podcasts when there is no concrete date set for a fight, but it's another thing when this constant need to interject him into every narrative takes place. Adding fuel to the fire, 
Every single McGregor tweet seems to warrant a slew of news coverage. Every frivolous callout makes the rounds with an endless amount of talking heads weighing in on their thoughts. Every public appearance or image carries the weight of esoteric interpretations of clues for his next move. And without a regular helping of his signature striking, criminally underrated grappling abilities, yes I said it, to add to some level of substance behind the illogical mania, it's hard to blame anybody for growing tired of hearing the name Conor McGregor. And one last thought to that, I hope we see the Conor McGregor of 2016 come back. I hope he changes, becomes a better person. I hope he can go back to doing what we all loved him for in the beginning. I want to give a massive thank you to the writer of this list, Anthony Walker, for writing this in a clutch time frame. You can follow him on Twitter at AntWalkerMMA and then Lawton for helping me edit this list. You know him as the casual. You can follow him on Twitter at Lawton underscore Veerkant. And lastly, thanks to Ben Rosette for writing the intro music. You can find all of his music wherever music is available online, as well as follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Rosette. Hey everybody, thanks for watching that video. Like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. We do at least three video uploads per week, so you get a pretty good value out of it. Comment below if we missed anything or if you just liked it. You can follow me personally on Twitter at JasonTheHeart or our official account at OnPointMMA on Twitter. And if you'd like to get a little bit more involved in our community, you can join us on Discord. The links are in the description. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the next video.